Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's Mike Rothman here. Back with another Tech Strong Research Review. We've been a little, you know, things have been busy. Well, first of all, Mitch, how are you? you? You know, so we should probably introduce ourselves before we kind of dive into our, you know, old guy yeah. problems. Yeah, finish introducing yourself and then I will. <laughs> so, Mike Rothman, GM of Tech Strong Research, you know, Chief Strategy Officer of Tech Strong Group. Uh, and this is the Tech Strong Research Review with my partner in crime. Mitch Ashley, Mitch, who are you? What do you do? Why are you? Well, I'm also uh, CTO with TechStrong Group and then principal working with Mike in TechStrong Research. So, and uh, we, we first know been, if you know me, busy. you know this isn't my normal voice. What kind of what happened, right? Obviously, I've got a cold. Like, and I, I was, I was like, getting to that. Okay, well, I'll let you, That's I'll let right. you set it up. <laughs> Go for it. So, you know, we, we, we do try to do the review, you know, every week. Um, and it's been a couple of weeks. I think Thanksgiving episode was, was the last one we did. And, you know, we've had a lot going on. First, we were at reInvent. So we will talk a little bit about AWS reInvent, some of the announcements uh, that they had there. Uh, but it turned out that reInvent also got another nickname, I would say. And, you know, we've spoken to a lot of the folks that we met with there and obviously a lot of our friends who we know were in Vegas, even if we didn't see them. Uh, and it turns out almost everybody got some type of respiratory issue. Didn't seem to be COVID, but folks have started to call the conference AWS reinfect as opposed to reinvent, which I think is apropos. Since you, we had six or seven people there, I think. Five of them came back with some type of crop and then gave it to their partners since it's a family business, right? You know, we have a number of different family members that, that work and, and live in the same house. So, you know, Mitch gave it to, to his wife, Jody. Uh, we know that, you know, kind of everybody else that brought it back to their partners as well. It seems that only Alan and I kind of escaped uh, a lot sure of the, uh, the, the reinfect. Alan seems to always escape. Yeah, you know, He's got uh, a great immune system or something. What's ironic? Yeah, he, he must. We weren't on the show floor. We were in our, we had a suite over at the Wynn where so, we were doing business meetings and then also recordings for TechStrong TV. And, you know, I, of course, people were coming in and out of there. It wasn't a gigantic party or anything, but like we're out on the show, show floor. So just in that space, plus us going out and having dinner and being out That's right. and about, That's you right. know, yes, we're exposed to a lot yeah. of people. Seeing Aerosmith, we got to see Aerosmith. So again, white guys older than us. So it was, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. They carried on in mid seventies and these guys are still rocking out. I just, I hope that we're able to continue to do the review when I'm 70. I actually, if I'm still doing the review when I'm 70, I failed at, at something. The flashbacks but, you know, of driving around in my Chevelle Malibu to listen to eight track tapes of Aerosmith. So yeah, there you go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Same old song and dance. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it was, right, it was so a great conference. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It, it was, and and you know, you know, it wasn't that. But one, I can't tell you how many folks you know come up to the to the suite and and we chat and folks we hadn't seen in a long time, and it it really was great. Aside from all the you know kind of communicable diseases that seemed to be exchanged, uh, it was great to see folks. Right, it was great to be in the same. You know, and I I did that a little bit at Black Hat, right. Um, when I was there in August, uh, but it really was nice to to just reconnect and 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 the idea of you know kind of human interaction, um, you know, would definitely miss that you know over the last couple of years. So mm -hmm. so being able to get back to that uh, has been great. 
Uh, so that's like the first people you know, you've comment only met on that Zoom. I would make. You know, if you just met them in the last yeah, couple yeah, of years, that's right. We didn't meet them in person. Right? That's right. So it's a combination of that's right, as well as new people. So, yep. So I, I, I agree with uh, with that as well. It was, you know, kind of folks that, you know, and you see some folks they are a lot taller than they look on Zoom or, you know, maybe not as tall as, you know, built a little bit differently because, you know, some folks have good filters on their camera to, you know, make them seem uh, maybe a little bit uh, uh, different. Let's just call it different. Not I get not the, uh, I, I get you know, the I didn't know you were, right you were tall comment a lot. No, no, that's Mike. He's, he's the five, eight one. Mike's well, if you, if you count his hair, he's probably five ten. but you know, that's the, uh, <laughs> so on a good day, I'm six. <laughs> that's great. So, so, so from a, uh, from an announcement standpoint, right. You know, it just, it didn't feel like there was anything groundbreaking, right. There were a number of different things, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the security side. Mitch wants to say a little bit on the you know, kind of developer and 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 pipeline side. On the security side, the big news was the the new security data lake service, uh, where they're allowing you to aggregate data. And again, it's kind of squishy in terms of exactly what kind of data. Obviously, it's going to be security oriented telemetry and what kind of analytics uh, are going to be there. But first and foremost, you got to aggregate the data right and have a place mm -hmm. uh, to put it. So I think this is a positive type of, of um, announcement from AWS, but I think it's also a, an acknowledgement by the fact that, you know, Sentinel, you know, Azure Sentinel is a thing, right? And it, and it's really starting to appear, especially at lower end environments as, as a legitimate competitor for security monitoring and, and SIM. You have Chronicle at the high end that comes out of Google, uh, Google Cloud, uh, which again, you know, from an effectiveness standpoint, not, you know, really clear that, that and it works all that well, but it does allow you to aggregate a crap ton of data, right? Because mm. that's what Google is is really good at. So, so I think it's an acknowledgement both that you know AWS has to be able to compete uh, on that space that they've got customers you know that they don't want to have to use a Splunk cloud or a Devo or you know a CrowdStrike or you know any of these with Sentinel One with these you know kind of next generation backends uh, that you know kind of allow aggregation of, of significant significant. Uh, amounts of data. Um, so and again, I think that AWS kind of said, yeah, we're, we're going to get movie. But when you look at the at, at the product lines, when you look at the lineups, they're behind, right? You know, they're behind from a security, you know, kind of services standpoint. They got 70 things that you can use, right? Maybe 50 things that you can use. But when you think about kind of the offering, right? Kind of the product family, the product suites, uh, Microsoft is just, you know, kind of leaps and bounds ahead mm -hmm. from a packaging standpoint, from an effectiveness standpoint. Um, they make it really easy for you to use their suite of Defender services if you've kind of gone in uh, on Azure and AWS is, is nowhere near there. So, so they really do need to kind of get their act together from the standpoint of what their security product strategy is going to be and deliver on that. So again, security data lake seemed to be the first aspect of that. They started talking about uh, how uh, AWS Inspector, which they recently rebuilt earlier this year, um, you know, to be kind of more, um, you know, kind of continuous as opposed to, you know, having to run scheduled scans, uh, that it's now going to scan lambdas. So you're going to be able to look for IAM and network issues uh, in the lambdas that you have. They're talking about more proactive stance on AWS config. So again, with the exception of Data Lake, nothing kind of groundbreaking, but more trying to push forward the ability for builders to protect their environment that they're doing in AWS to a greater degree. 
Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't any groundbreaking boom. Wow, that was a that was a biggie. Um, but but you're right. Even in our conversations in our interviews, data was a consistent theme. Whether it's data analytics, data management, data security, all of the above. Whether it's you know in the cloud or in in containers or 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 not um, was a huge part of it. The, the other another thing that I picked up on is there were a lot of people who are introducing products around Lambda around serverless. And so one of my questions then is, is this real? Are people really using this now? Why, why those kinds of applications would benefit from Lambda? And uh, so it, it sounds like people are starting to at least experiment with it, maybe doing some production applications with it. I've, I mean, yes, they are, you know, on mass scale, no, but a lot of, uh, a lot of people using it. The other thing I noticed, Mike, too, is how many folks told me that we now have a SaaS offering of our product. You know, and I kind of just assume that everybody's got a SaaS offering of whatever they do, you know, in, in multiple categories, whether it's observability or testing or yep. a number of different categories. So you know, it's easy to know the kind of what's happening on the front end of the wave and you forget that, yeah. like, yeah, there's the whole, the bigger wave of people catching up. You, you know, it would be interesting and, and I don't think anybody's going to actually do this research because it would be a huge pain in the butt. Uh, but to get an idea about, you know, just cohorts of when companies were founded and to the degree that their main product is, you know, has been sassified, right? So if you look at any company that's, you know, 10, 15, 20 years old from a technology standpoint, you know, their base stuff to, to, to really make it work in a SaaS environment, you largely have to rebuild it. Right. It doesn't work. Right. And, 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 you, you know, to the degree that, uh, again, kind of it's, it's handling, whether it's protecting or managing or, or developing or something for a lot of on-prem resources, you kind of go, do I even really need to do that? Right. I mean, obviously there's the operational aspect of not having to, you know, stand up servers and, and, and kind of deal with, you know, patching and, and a lot of those operational things. But, um, you know, to me, so that's a cohort stuff. If, if, if it's a 10 year old product and they're just first, you know, SAS, and it now it's like, all right, well, what do you do? What did you do to rebuild it? Was it just replatforming it? Okay, that's one thing, right? Are you building different operational motions around it? Okay, that's another, you know, thing. But ultimately, what's the customer driver, you know, for moving something as a SaaS besides the fact that they don't want to pay for a perpetual license and they just want to try to, you know, build it in the ops, you know, OPEX as opposed to, you know, CapEx. Um, and again, I think that there are accounting ways you can, you know, achieve that as opposed to, um, you know, having to, to rebuild the product. So, so that's always an, an, an interesting, you know, kind that's of a, decision. Well, but I, I do want to get back. Yeah. I do want to get back to the data point, right? Because, um, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot about data, right? And, and, you know, three, four years ago, it was, you know, cloud security posture management. You know, over the last year, it's been SaaS posture management, right? So folks are getting into the, you know, help me manage Workday and Salesforce and ServiceNow and a bunch of these other ones uh, more effectively, uh, right? And, and now we're starting to hear a lot about data security posture management, Right or data posture management, and 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 again, so it's just one of these things that posture has become, you know, kind of a huge word. Uh, and again, for for guys that have been in the space for a long time, it it is kind of in, in always, you know, kind of interesting and funny how the industry, you know, kind of does the same stuff that we've always done. Call it a new name, and everybody thinks it's like all shiny and stuff. I mean, we've been we've been looking at posture. A vulnerability assessment is a posture assessment, right? I mean, you, you know, none of this stuff is really new. 
Um, but, you know, we call it something new. We have a couple of startups that get into the space, think they have a novel way to do it. And therefore, we have a new thing. So you'll see every, you know, kind of bone or, you know, basically every database management and 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 uh, uh, security product rebrand as data security posture management over the last, you know, over the next six months. So, so just wait for it because it's coming. Yeah, very true. You know, it's it's interesting when I was running an IT organization and, you know, it was during the emergence of the cloud and everybody was freaking out about, we won't have jobs anymore. I said, don't worry. <clears throat> There's lots of great things that folks can do in the cloud. Eventually they'll need security data and applications to talk with. And that's, you know, we'll be here for them when they need those things. And I think this year was the, oh yeah, you know, software may rule the world, Data is all the uh, is all the fiefdoms, is all the people, is all the population. I think that's what really fuels it. You know, you're not going to do much without data, and it, it is a big channel challenge because we keep so much more of it around. Mike, you know, now you talk about doing data lakes and things like that, but we throw off so much more data now too, and so that volume of data is just getting larger and larger, and the you know the governance of it, the access yeah. of it, the control of it, the location of it. You know, it isn't doubling or tripling. I think it's, you know, seems like it's exponentially growing. I don't have data to show that, but it just kind of is growing on itself. <laughs> it feels that way. It does feel that way. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know, so there'll be shades of these different things, whether we call it, the, you know, again, the nuances of what, you know, one company says is, data security posture management versus another that says it's cloud security posture management. They're all just shades of, of, of gray from that. So I want to get back to the serverless thing because we, we mm -hmm. kind of just glossed over that. Cause I actually do think that there's a battle brewing, right. You, you know, kind of when, when you look at, you know, some of the new architectures that you can, or, or new application types and, 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 and concepts that you can deploy in serverless uh, versus, you know, kind of other, you know, mechanisms and, and how is that going to, you know, really fit in with, you know, kind of a cloud native or Kubernetes based, you know, kind of environment. Obviously, there are lock in concerns when you, you know, really embrace serverless on any uh, specific hyperscaler platform, because, you know, if you build an application with your entire back end, you know, based on Lambda, right, you ain't going anywhere, Lambda. right? Maybe not ever. So, so, you, you know, we talk about, you know, oh, the cloud, you know, and don't want to get it to lock in and, and, and portability and all that stuff. No, right. No, you, if you use a lot of these native services, you ain't going anywhere. Right. So, so I, I do think that, you know, kind of, and, and it'll be interesting to see how kind of the cloud native machine, you know, starts to position against a lot of these, you know, kind of serverless, you know, kind of function environments. Um, because again, when you think about it, there are you know, a couple of different ways to build applications, you know, from, from a backend infrastructure standpoint and, and, and serverless doesn't allow you to use a lot of the, you know, more open types of, of capabilities that, that are available there. So, so that, that I think is something to watch as we, you know, head into 23. Well, it seems that the, most of the applications that I was talking to people about were either things at the edge where you needed very, very fast response time. And we talk about containers spinning up fast. Well, serverless is, is much faster, generally speaking. And also IoT. So lighter weight environments. So things like K, um, not, not K8s, but K3s and K0, lightweight Kubernetes you know, operating in, in those environments. So, I, you know, the edge is a big thing. It wasn't a necessarily a big theme at the conference, but I, that seemed to be where a lot of serverless is happening right now. I'm just cu really curious to see what applications can 
continue to benefit from that, you know, as a, yep. we, we try things on, on it and some things work and some things don't. So you look for trends like that. Yeah. I mean, I just know my, my own personal experience, right? We built, you know, the third iteration of Disrupt Ops was serverless, right? You know, 90% serverless on the back end. So, you know, and again, obviously that means our back end is going to be in, in, in AWS forever. Right. So, you know, we look at it from that scene, but again, there's just a lot of, of churning. And, and, and so, you know, besides everybody getting sick, I think the main theme of, of AWS is, you know, folks are starting to do stuff. Right. So you're starting to see some, you know, kind of new services at the edge, to try to fill out the product line. Um, but, you know, kind of the shades of gray that you're going to see, you know, there'll be 15 different flavors of data security posture management. There's 15 flavors of observability. And I talked to four or five companies and they have a different take on, uh, you, you know, on, on what observability means to them and they're all using the same word. So, you know, once again, the marketeers, you know, take a term, you know, manipulate it to their own devices and confuse the crap out of the, uh, you know, out of the crowd. So, you know, we'll go back to what we always do, which is focus on your problems on the user cases and the solutions that'll, you know, kind of solve those problems and stop worrying about what it's called, right? And 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 what magic quadrant it fits into, you know, when you try to pick vendors. Yeah, exactly. You know, th there were some other really good conversations uh, that I had with some vendors who are putting their technology into the IDEs that developers <laughs> use. Sorry, I'm babysitting my dogs here. Here, pups. The uh, <laughs> and and but but what was important about it is isn't just like scanning code right like when you're checking in. Um, it's like integrate. You know, if you're working at IDE, it's kind of like autocomplete on steroids for everything, for packages, for code, for functions, for you know, you name it, connections, connectivity to whatever, integration with other apps. And and that occurred to me is if you're going to elevate security and writing secure software, it starts there. It isn't when you check it in, it's as you're writing it. I mean, and, and developers are very used to this, right? Like uh, there's three different parameters or I could call it this way or I could yep. use this function. And if we can introduce more security, better security for software, for applications at that point, you know, that plus all the other things we do, I think could really make a substantial difference. And there's some, some really good vendors doing some work I like, particularly around that. So I'm excited to see more of that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all told, pretty, pretty, you know, kind of worthwhile trip on, on our part. Uh, we will be, you know, going to reinvent in the future. So, um, and, and we'll even be, you know, more structured about, you know, setting up, uh, meetings and, 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 and interview slots and, you know, kind of a little bit more, uh, effective use of space, right? We had a suite, but it was where everybody was kind of on top of each other. So we'll, we'll learn and, and, and we'll improve. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> And um, yeah, the other big thing we have going on, Mitch, is, is predict, right? Really? So January 12th, right? Predict is burning up a lot of cycles, right? And so you're like, Mike, Mitch, why, why weren't you the one? We were away, right? And reinvent. We all flew back last week at the end of last week. And, you know, this week we've been, you know, just consumed with, with predict, uh, right? So the, the panels are coming together. I'm happy to say we're, you know, filling in panelists. Still have opportunities to sponsor. We are bringing some some additional folks on, but it is not too late if you want to be involved in in some of the keynote panels where we'll be talking about you know kind of the trends and uh, you get to say your piece uh, from the perspective of of where you think technology is going. So so happy to have those discussions. But uh, it, it's going to be you know an interesting day for us. 
right? We're going to talk about and cover a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to have a whole bunch of, you know, really cool people with, with very interesting perspectives uh, about, you know, kind of where stuff is going uh, as we move into, into 2023. Um, and, and again, we're doing it live, right? We're, we're, we're trying to move heaven and earth, you know, to, to arrange and, and get all the panelists, you know, kind of organized where they, you know, need to be uh, when they need to be there. So, you, you know, that creates another layer of complexity on top of, of staging the show. So that's been burning up a lot of cycles, but I'm, I'm really excited for uh, where we're taking the, uh, you know, the agenda and, and, and again, the panelists that, that we have uh, involved. Well, and this is, I think the fifth or sixth year that tech strong has done predict in various forms as media ops is tech strong. And while this, it's been very successful, but this is a new format or very new format. So first it's research led, it's led by Mike and I, um, it's built around the four to four concentration areas of TechStrong and TechStrong research, you know, digital transformation, cloud native, cybersecurity, and DevOps. And it's, what's really cool about it is, you know, you and I will be presenting some uh, predictions and, on, on those topics. And then we're leading, uh, including with some of the sponsors, uh, the roundtables about their predictions around that. So we'll kind of get let them call BS on us if they don't like it, or they may have an, another more things to, to throw on the fire of what their predictions are. But there's other things too, like there's a VC panel. I think Alan's going to be leading one of those. Um, I think Mike Fazard might be involved in some that we have here, but th there'll be several of those and there'll all be those kind of discussions. There's no slideware presentations, you know, yes, Mike and I'll be right. you know, covering some predictions, but it's not the uh, talking head kind of thing. So it's it's very different. It's a research-led, it's our kind of coming out party almost in a way if it was the first conference that we're doing that's led by TechStrong Research. So it's it's very exciting. It's fun to do it this way. It, it is. And and we'll see, right? We'll learn. <laughs> we'll evolve. We'll improve because that's, you know, kind of how, how we do things. Uh, but yeah, that's that's burning up a lot of cycles on, on R and two, and and there has been some you know other stuff in the news, right? So and and it's more kind of continued high profile breaches, right? So LastPass had to announce some. There are a handful of others, right? Just go over to Security Boulevard and scan. There's you know a variety of different news pegs for um, you know folks that that have gotten you know kind of Rackspace uh, was compromised and and yeah. have to the, right right Rackspace you know kind of this week. Um, so I, I mean I think it's not and and as opposed to trying to dig into you know each of these specific things it's again it's another reminder as to you know the diligence that's required on the practitioner side to constantly be testing and refining your incident response process we talked about data before understanding where your data is you know, kind of making sure that you understand in the security posture of a lot of these service providers that have access to your protected and or confidential and, and, and private, you know, data from that standpoint. It's just another reminder that, you know, you we count on a lot of these companies, a lot of these services. These services are comprised of code that's built people. People are imperfect, which means we are going to have issues. We have to be ready for those issues. So we've spent a lot of time on response. It's a lot of time on detection. We're trying to, you know, 
move the the cycle back to you know something that's a little bit more proactive and preventative on that front. But the, the answer is not one or the other, right? The answer is all of the above. Yes, we have to try to prevent things more effectively. We've got to detect faster, and we've got to be able to respond, um, you know, more efficiently, more effectively, and 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 faster on that yeah. front. So again, these are just constant reminders, and we're always going to get them. There's two lessons too, I think, coming out of this, Mike. Well, one is these are high profile companies operating, you know, very large sets of infrastructure, SaaS applications, hosting, all that kind of stuff. This is hosted exchange, I think, that happened at at uh, Rackspace. If it happened to them, it's going to happen to you, right? And it's ransomware, it's phishing. But the, the other point, I think, lesson to learn for us is developers are a big attack vector right now. And we see more and more attacks directed at them, phishing attacks, you know, of course, software supply chain, all those kind of things. So security professionals getting into the software creation process and the tooling and how software is built, I think is even more critical than it's ever been. So don't ignore them. It isn't just code coming out the end of the pipeline that you have to wrap some security around. That's right. That's right. So, so one last thing, Mitch. Right, mm-hmm. we're we're kind of coming up rapidly to to the end of the year. So, I think you know, I think next week we're going to do our kind of year end wrap up and uh, a little bit of, um, you know, kind of dangling out a little bit of the taste of of the trends that we're going to talk about at at Predict. Um, and because I know you know, kind of, I'm on vacation the week before Christmas, and I know the office is closed the week after Christmas, so uh, we won't be you know, kind of posting anything uh, up in that two week period. So, so next week we can plan on on doing a little bit of a uh, a recap of 22 and 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 what we think is going to you know happen in 23, and that'll obviously lead up to to Predict on January 12th. Got to have time to watch all those Hallmark Christmas movies, right? <laughs> Somebody has to. Somebody has to. Good. I've actually got well, with that. I've will... it like I did before, but you do. Yeah, I'm a hey, but and do, but the question is, do you watch them in July? That's the no. question. No. Some, no. No. See, some people like to keep in the you know holiday spirit all through the year, so they'll bust out you know some Christmas miracle or something, um, you know, movie or you know sappy type thing in, in the middle of July. Just uh, check with me next that. year. I'm not one of them. Clearly, you're not one. Of them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So with that, we will wrap up another episode of TechStrong Research Review. And um, yeah, and and, and again, keep an eye out for our our year-end wrap next week. And uh, again, check out all the stuff we have in archives because we, again, it's not a lot of it is newsies, though a lot of it is still very pertinent to whatever your problems are. And we will see you all on January 12th at the Predict conference, virtual conference, where we will be unveiling our trends for 2023. Any other parting shots? Techstrongresearch.com and info at techstrongresearch.com. Reach out. That's right. That's right. We'll see you soon.